Justice Warriors, Heather and Tracy here, and I wanted to have a live discussion today where everybody could share their thoughts and opinions and concerns or whatever's going on. Um, the last two podcasts that I've put out have been titled, What is Really Going On in Dyer County? And I would really like to uh, get some thoughts on that from anybody joining us. Um, as you know, it's been an interesting four years <laughs> since uh, Tracy and I started doing work down in Dyer County, and we've made a lot of friends. We've made a lot of enemies. Uh, <laughs> um, and if you and look some jump over into the other category. Some start out friends and end up enemies and vice versa. But um yeah, it's been it's been very interesting. Um since David's arrest last uh what was it July, I think. Um since his arrest, we've had a lot of people um well, uh, I've had I've had a handful of people come forward that I I hadn't spoken to before. I've done a a couple new um interviews and of course as usual um I'm I've been relaying that information. I'm guys um when you come in mute yourselves. I've been I'm I'm going across and kind of muting everybody. But um, but definitely, if you want to say something or um, I mean, you can say something either by unmuting yourself and speaking directly to us or you can even um, just type in the chat. Let's see. <clears throat> Show chat. Yeah, mine's just, I'm not even messing with mine anymore. I got it to work. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. I have. So. So. I've been just little by little, I've been releasing some audios, but I'm trying to be very careful because um, I don't want to put anybody in danger. 
And I don't want to, I, I just don't want to make anybody a target. And pretty much everybody who has reached out to me has expressed um, some concern and some fear about doing so. Legitimately. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it has put me in a very bad position because on one hand, I need to get this information to the right people. I need to make sure that the public is aware and armed with the truth. But at the same time, I don't want to put anybody in danger, like I said. So it's been a it's been complicated, really complicated. Um, on the day of David Swift's bond hearing, I had somebody reach out to me who I had not spoken with before. I, I didn't even know who that person was. And they sent me some messages and they said that, that they had some information that they wanted to give me, but that, um, they wanted to meet me in person. They didn't want to talk to me on the phone. They didn't want, um, want to over, you know, want to talk to me over messenger. They wanted to meet me in person. So I did, um, I drove to New Bern and I met this person in the, the, uh, food, right. I think it was parking lot. Um, I took their statement and after speaking to them, um, a second time, I asked them if they would be willing to talk with Danny Goodman. And, um, and I actually called Danny Goodman on three-way and asked this person to tell Danny what they just told me. And they did. Um, this person um, has expressed some serious concerns about their safety to me. And, um, shortly after giving the statement to Danny, this person was being followed, um, allegedly by the sheriff. Um, and they were very concerned about that, but were their photos, were their photos sent to you? Yeah. Yeah. This you have photographs cars that. Yes, I have. I, they said. They sent me photographs of a truck that they claim, um, you know, was, is the sheriff following them in this truck. The sheriff uh, of, of Dyer, Dyer County. County. Yes. Um, it was very, it's very concerning uh, because when I, when I reached out to Danny Goodman and I um, had this person tell Danny Goodman what they had told me, I asked, um, I asked general Goodman not to, um, relay that information to the sheriff and somehow, and he says that he didn't, which is confusing because, um, Hey, you, Tracy, you are so blurry. Can you maybe clean off your camera or something? Maybe, maybe your camera's dirty. I don't know. You, It's making me feel like I need to put my glasses on. But, but anyway, anyway, um, the information that this person gave to me, um, was regarding the morning that Karen Swift went missing. 
this person claimed that that morning they were driving um, in that area. They drove past her vehicle and that when they, it's still blurry as crap. I don't know what the hell's going on, but anyways. Oh, that's better. That's better. Here, don't, don't move. Stay right there. (laughs) Um, But when they were driving past Karen's vehicle, that there was a double cab black pickup truck parked at a 45 degree angle behind Karen's car. And that there was a man standing outside of the car, leaning again, or standing outside of the truck, leaning against the hood. And this person claims that they slowed way down and actually made eye contact with him, with, with this man. They described him as being, um, taller than six foot as they, and, uh, they said he was taller than six foot that he was graying. He had some, some graying hair and that he was built like, uh, um, how did, how did they describe it? Not, not like muscular, but I can't remember exactly. Yeah. He, he, this person, this person was stout. Well, yeah. So I showed this person a bunch of pictures and they did come back and say they did identify somebody that they thought that it was, but they couldn't be sure because it's 11 years ago. Um, no, they did not. David Swift, correct? He said, um, specifically said that it was not David Swift. Um, when I when I um, called Danny Goodman and had this person tell Danny Goodman what they had told me on three way, I specifically asked Danny, you know, is this new information to you? Have you heard about this? And Danny said, no, he hadn't. And, um, and then he went on to say, well, it was 35,000 pages in this file. Um, I could have missed it. Um, that was really concerning to me because I feel like this is potentially the most important lead that, that I've received. Um, and, uh, this person said that they had called the sheriff's department that day, um, because when they came back through and the truck was gone, there was, you know, a lot of law enforcement there and whatever. So they knew that something had happened. And so they called the sheriff's department and they told the sheriff's department what that they saw. Hmm? Right. The day they saw this vehicle, they called them that, that day. day, that day. Right. And they said that the TBI actually showed up at their house And they did give a statement to the TBI and the sheriff box was there at the time. Um, And um, that was the last that they heard from anybody. Well, my issue, one of the issues I have with this, um, aside from the fact that Danny Goodman did not know about it, is that... um, they never tried to show, they never showed him pictures. They never tried to um, get him to identify the man that was standing outside of the truck. 
um, in my opinion, that's a huge problem. And when I showed him pictures, he said, I, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Um, but he couldn't say 100%. And he said, well, if they had shown me pictures, then I could have said 100%. And, you know, of course this person wanted me to like try to find pictures of that person from 11 years ago. And I did. And, and he went from saying, no, I'm about 70% sure to I'm about 90% sure, um, at that point. But, um, it's concerning. Um, it's extremely concerning. And this among um, several other issues um, with the investigation and just in general with Dyer County's tactics um, has really put up some red flags uh, for me in, in my investigation. And not just as a private investigator, but also as just a citizen of the United States, as just a person, um, I have serious issues with the way that this investigation was conducted. Um, as you know, um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be as, as, um, oh, politically correct as I can, um, but this is an issue that needs to be addressed. Um, it needs, the, the public needs to know. Um, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of anyone that has information re being requested by a public official not to disclose it because it could taint a jury yeah. that aggravates me what jury there's no right. jury at this point right and, and this that it makes no sense to me because what no. arresting this man you know i'm ready i'm ready arresting david swift is tainting the jury if you ask me i know it's not actually well, but you know what it's like we have podcasts all the way back to how many years ago, and all of a sudden, this information that you've come across is all of a sudden going to taint a jury? Why? Why well, were you requested? Right. So, and that, and that's it. I mean, that's one reason why I'm being so careful is because General Goodman did personally asked me to be careful about what I put out there because he doesn't want me to taint a jury. Um, when I do uh, talk publicly about the information that I have, when I, when I share that information with you, the public, the Dyer County citizens, um, I'm doing so because I believe that you deserve to know the truth. Um, I'm not going to put anything out there that is not true. Um, I cannot, um, again, I've said this before, but when people come to me and they say, you know, this or that, I mean, I, I can't say with certainty that they're not lying, but Right. I can say that 
I have a lot of people saying the same thing, which makes me feel that it's not a lie. Um, I now I have a question on the the gentleman that was seen out by the um, by the vehicle. Was he alone? Did did they say? Yes, yes. They and, they only saw and, one person. And the person that saw this person wasn't there. Another person that also you had two witnesses. Yes, there were two people. So in that, they both they both said that they thought it was the person in the picture. And I, I actually showed them more than one picture. And um, and they both agreed on the one. So. It's very difficult for me to stay quiet about something like that. Um, secondly, so I guess, I guess moving on to, uh, our second, the second podcast, which I know these podcasts are really small. Um, what I've been doing, um, when I wake up, I'm praying and I'm reading the Bible and I'm doing everything that I can to try to align my thoughts with God. I was telling Tracy last night that um, when I, where I get into trouble is when I act on my own thoughts or feelings and I, you know, I come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to be a little bit more strategic about, uh, what I do and what I say. Um, I'm obviously I'm human and I'm, I'm flawed. Um, I don't by any means, um, uh, you know, try to portray myself as being perfect or even a saint. Um, I am who I am. And, uh, and for whatever reason, God has put this in front of me to, uh, and, and I feel very strongly that, that my assignment is to, um, expose the truth. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I have a question just, just on, on, our opinions, your mind opinions vary. However, I cannot say defend definitively who the actual killer of Karen is in in my because there's always okay, but what about I this? can't either. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, That's I, your, I can't I either. That we and we and I don't think yeah, I, I don't think that anybody could unless they were there. Um, you know, all I can say definitively is, um, is my theory is, you know, what I believe happened based on what has been presented to me and what I've been told. Um, so like I said, in, um, the last podcast, I feel like at this point that God has shown me that while it's important that there is justice for Karen, while it's important that um, these unsolved murders and these missing person cases in Dyer County 
are solved, you know, and, and, and thoroughly investigated, um, uh, by people who are not biased or by people who are not somehow involved, um, take that as you may. But um, while that is important, the ultimate assignment, the ultimate purpose of all of this is to save lives. I believe that, um, that the things that are occurring in Dyer County um, are to blame for these missing person cases and for these unsolved murders. And um, I feel really strongly that it's not, none of them are going to be solved. N nothing is going to be done until another jurisdictional agency starts taking these things seriously and steps in and says, get out of the way. Dyer County Sheriff's so Office needs to get out of the way. They talk to these people and they go, oh, no, no, no. They try to put you off as crazy and nuts. And and you can't be, um, what, what, what you say can't be, they're trying to discredit you. Well, they have to. Which, they have to. Um, they absolutely have to if, if they're going to um, be successful in what they're trying to do. And, and I really feel that, um, I feel that their hand was forced in some ways to move forward and to press charges on David um, because um, it was, <laughs> I, I think there was, there was a lot that was about to be exposed and they knew it. And, um, and I think that the search warrant on my house and, a lot of the moves that they've made since were retaliatory and were um, knee-jerk reactions on their part because they had to do something to stop me. They had to try to shut me up. And by putting, you know, hanging this uh, threat of some pending charges or whatever over my head, um, they expected that to be um, enough too. And then, you know, if for, for most, for most sane people, it would have been, um, I know, you know, that my, my mentor, um, Sheila Wysocki, we, we haven't spoken in a while, but, um, she had a similar situation back in the Bobo case where, um, her computers were taken from her and she never got them back. And, um, when they took her computers and threatened her with obstruction charges, she did what most sane people would do. And she sat down and shut the fuck up. Sorry for my language, but um, yeah, not this girl. Mm -mm. No, because um, there's just too That's much. Almost like a rally cry. <laughs> what? That's almost like a rally cry to you. Well, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's scary. Um, I mean, it is scary right. because yeah. clearly, you know, um, when they took, you know, $10,000 worth of my property from my house and it paralyzed me for, uh, over a week until I could replace my phone and replace my computers. I wasn't able to work. Um, it I'm made just it glad I'm not happy about it. 
but I'm glad you weren't alone with them all coming into your home. Right. I'm glad they're with you. Right. Well, so I guess there's, there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, I did, I did end up getting an attorney who, um, has been trying to get my property back. Um, and (laughs) he, uh, I was actually, I was actually with him when he called the Dyer County Sheriff's office. Hi, detective Carson. I heard what you said. That was funny. Um, (laughs) he said, yeah, to be, he was trying to make me out to be some, I mean, I mean, it's just, it, it, it gives me, but I'm glad, I'm glad I got to hear it because it gives me some insight into what kind of BS they're spewing. And, um, so the, so the attorney, when he called him and asked him, um, about my things, the status of my belongings, um, detective Carson said to him, um, you know how uh, people will go from doctor to doctor trying to get pills. Pill poppers will go doctor to doctor trying to get pills. Well, this, this girl, is what the investigators. Said. Yeah, this is what Detective this, Carson, doctor- Matt Carson, said to my attorney. He said that I was like a pill popper going doctor to doctor, going attorney to attorney, and um, and he said you obviously don't know this girl. Um, yeah, she has a podcast and blah, blah, blah. And he was just, he was just trying to shine like some negative light on me and, um, you know, just you work for a to, well, and that's the thing I was like, what is that? Even? I, when, when he hung up the phone, I looked at the, I looked at the attorney and I said, what does that even mean? Like what? I don't, I don't understand. What does that even mean? And he said, well, he was, you know, he was just trying to talk me out of helping you, which just makes him look bad. And I said, well, but I don't even understand. Like, what does that mean? I go attorney to attorney. Well, Detective Carson, do you know that I work for a lot of attorneys? <laughs> I mean, do you do you even realize that I was a paralegal for um, over a decade? Well, closer to two decades before I became a PI. Um, and on many, and you've known DA, even you've known DA have, other than Danny. Gold. I have friends. Yeah. I have DA friends. I have judge friends. I have attorney friends. <laughs> I have law enforcement friends. Um, and, and the problem is that a lot of these people know me personally, and you're not going to be able to convince them that I'm this awful person that you're trying to portray me as because I'm not, and they know better. Um, so nice try, but yeah, not going to work. Um, (laughs) you attorney popper. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Like what are attorneys giving me that? Like, I mean, I I understand the concept of like pill poppers going doctor to doctor to try to get pills, but what exactly is it I'm trying to get going attorney to attorney. And, um, not only that, but it, it wasn't even true because, I only had one attorney and the one that I, the one that was representing me in my civil suit and I fired him and, uh, and now I've hired this other attorney just to help me try to get my stuff back. But like, I don't go to attorney to attorney. 
I just have I a lot you. of attorney friends that respect me and care about me and like talk to me and help me try to figure stuff out sometimes. But no, I, it's, it's stupid. I, I couldn't, I just like, really, I mean, why, 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 why don't you want an attorney to help me? What does that scare you? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's some office, office gossip. And that's kind of what he heard somebody say and just repeated it. Well, I'm he thinking, I'm thinking that I'm thinking he must have maybe gotten that from uh, the Selza's attorney, Lewis Jenkins, because um, the only thing I could think of was that an attorney that I used to work for and that I've remained friends with for many years now um, had promised me, had told me that she would help me kind of like in the background with my civil stuff. And, um, and I had copied her on an email to Jenkins and, um, yeah, she still is my friend and she still, I still call her and we still talk. And actually I do work for her. She's one of the attorneys I do work for. Um, so anyway, it, it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. I have a lot of attorneys in, in my back pocket because, um, I've done a lot of work for them, um, both as a paralegal and as a private investigator. So. Uh oh, the dogs are going. Um, not to be confused with ha when Karen Swift said she had law enforcement in her back pocket. Oh, that well, was a little, I think I think that yeah, I think that's a little different. Pocket, little different context, but yeah. Yeah, you mean um, that um, you know them? They're in your Rolodex. You can call them. Right, but so. With the last podcast that I put out, and like I was starting to say earlier, um, I've kind of just been putting things out uh, in small doses and trying to be very careful about um, about it, you know, going about it strategically and going about it in a way that I'm hoping is not going to put the witnesses in danger, um, in danger of being targeted uh, in danger of, I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if, if, you know, physical danger or just in danger of being targeted by law enforcement or, you know, what, what kind of danger exactly, um, they're in, but I'm trying not to put them in any sort of danger. Um, but in that, you know, in that second podcast, um, my witness is talking about various uh, corrupt things that that he has allegedly uh, witnessed firsthand by um, certain law for law enforcement officials in Dyer County. Over the past four years, um, from not just that statement, but also statements from other witnesses, I have developed a theory. And my theory is this, I'm going to share it. My theory is that when Karen Swift said that she had law enforcement in her back pocket, um, it was because of like the witness in the statement um, in podcast two says, or in the second season, second podcast of season three. It's one I just recently put out. Um, 
he says that uh, these law enforcement agents are taking these females on ride alongs. And when I said, well, what are, what, what are they doing with these females when they take them on these ride alongs? And he said, what do you think? Um, I believe that they're taking them on these ride alongs. They're getting them high. Um, and I'm going to refer to another statement that I received from a woman. Um, I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but she had reached out to me through Facebook and she told me that when she was addicted to drugs, that she was having sex with one of the detectives, um, who I won't mention, but she said she was having sex with this law enforcement official and that in exchange for, um, having sex with him or these sexual favors that he was giving her drugs out of confiscation. Um, and this is, this is a person, you know, telling me firsthand, I had sex with these investigator with this investigator in exchange for drugs out of confiscation. And um, this is not hearsay. This is not secondhand. I mean, at best, it could be a lie. I don't believe it's a lie. And as a matter of fact, I had brought this to the attention of Danny Goodman, who said that he was aware that this investigator was having relations with this woman and that he had raised the issue to Sheriff Fox. Um, it does not appear that anything ever came from it. It doesn't appear there was, you know, because he clearly didn't lose his job. Um, but uh, General Goodman said that he was not aware that the woman re was receiving drugs out of confiscation, but he was aware of the relationship between that detective and this drug addicted woman. Um, so in my mind, that's been pretty well validated. Um, so we know that, you know, we know for a fact that there is at least one person who has come forward that says, I am one of the people that was having sex with an investigator for drugs out of confiscation. We know that for a fact. Then you've got this person that's giving me the statement talking about the ride-alongs and how they take females on these ride-alongs and they, you know, they get them high and they have sex with them and whatever else. Um, and then you have Karen's friend who was told by Karen that, that she had long that she wouldn't get pulled over because she had law enforcement in, in her back pocket. Not that she wouldn't get pulled over, but not to worry about it because she had law enforcement yes. in her back pocket. Um, so my theory is that that was Karen's um, connection um, to law enforcement. That... Um, I don't know if she was one of, you know, I don't know if it was the same, the same kind of situation where they were taking her on ride alongs or. Yeah, I think it was a little drugs. different. I, yeah, I don't know that they were giving yeah. her drugs, but, um, but I think, I think that that is ultimately, um, I think that the fact that 
Um, there are law enforcement officers in Dyer County who are sleeping with drug addicted females and giving them drugs out of confiscation. And um, so my theory goes on um, to, I, I, th I feel, I believe, I, I absolutely with everything in me believe that when these people who um, law enforcement is doing um, illegal and or unethical things with them or in front of them, um, when they speak up, when they, when they step out of line, if they run their mouth, they're dealt with. And whether they're dealt with by just being arrested or going missing or coming up dead, um, that's or we get this a we get this a lot. Now, I don't know what the circumstances, however, we have had, I would say, at least five people come to us and say that they cannot have their children because of a situation with law enforcement. And they're, or they're threatened that they will not be able to keep their children. And... Um, I don't know the circumstances as to why this threat happened. We know what we were told, mm -hmm. but to say that they weren't, the kids didn't deserve to be taken away, I don't know. However, we were told that that is used as a threat many, many times. It is. Yeah. And we've, and we've actually seen that um, with a witness, one of our first witnesses that we spoke with um, when we started investigating this case. Um, and I, I don't doubt that this woman was using drugs, but the timing of her arrest was, um, well, actually, I'm sorry. I've, I've misspoke. Um, I don't know that she was arrested, but she lost her children. She lost custody of her children, you know, right after she gave us a statement. And because if you look at the timing of certain events in over the past four years, um, several of our witnesses have ended up getting arrested or losing their children or whatever right after they came forward to us and gave us a statement. Or um, called or approached or um followed. followed i mean mm -hmm. approach somebody was approached and somebody told them they needed to i mean that happened several times yeah so i and guess if, yeah i guess what i'm getting at um is that pretty much everyone that gives us a statement has been targeted in some way um, which is problematic and speaks volumes. So and I know people that know things. Maybe they it wouldn't stand up in court because it was he said, she said, but two separate people were told the same thing 
And these people do not get along at all. But yet they both had the same story from the same person who told them that somebody bought something off of them. Right. And um, they never came forward. Right. So have not come forward. I'm kind of I'm kind of piecing together. I hope you guys are are following. Um, but um, I'm kind of piecing together my theory for you. So my theory starts with these ride alongs and these women, these drug addicted women or these women that are having sexual relations with the law enforcement officers, with the investigators, um, with investigators from the drug task force. Um, there were several that were named to me specifically in that interview, but I did take all of their names out. Um, FBI, um, TBI, uh, General Goodman, um, they all have the, the full audio unedited. So, um, I'm hoping to God that something is actually going to be done. Um, you know, one of the questions that somebody asked me recently is, you know, do you think that this person was telling the truth? Because this person clearly has a criminal history, um, and is not, is not, um, yeah, this person is not considered a good person in society. Um, yes, I do believe this person is telling me the truth for a couple of reasons. One, because what purpose would this person have to lie to me? You know, what would, how would it benefit them um, at all? There is no benefit. Um, secondly, so one thing that, um, sorry, I was reading a, a comment, but so was I. one, um, One one thing that I would like to to bring up too is, and I and I've said this, I've literally said this to Danny Goodman. You know, it's like you have these drug addicts, you know, most of the people that have information in this case, as well as the other missing person cases and the other murders in Dyer County, most of them have checkered pasts but they do that on purpose. You know, it's, I feel like, I feel like it's very convenient because, you know, they can say, um, well, this person's not credible because they, you know, have this checkered past. They have this criminal history. They have this history of drug addiction. Um, and then if that person steps out of line and they die of a drug overdose, say, or end up in a coma over a drug overdose, nobody questions it. You know, they go missing, they come up dead, they, um, or, or, you know, I mean, they can say this person's not credible because of these reasons. And then when they show up dead or in the hospital in a coma or missing or whatever, they they were a drug addict. You know, nobody questions it. It's so effing convenient. And it's one of the reasons that um, that they keep getting away with this is because they don't leave behind any credible witnesses, but how many, 
how Sorry, many- I want to interject that mm-hmm. some people have you you can put their name in they have all sorts of convictions and getting in trouble with the law and everything else but they have a lot of money and they're not they're looked as telling the complete and whole truth every time they open their mouth it's the fact that these people don't have are on drugs and get in trouble and they don't have any money well so I'll finish my, my first thought before I go into this, you know, the one to what you just said, but, um, you know, it's like I've said, um, time and time again, how many people can be dismissed, disregarded. Um, if you have a dozen people who have a history of drug addiction or a criminal past, but you have a dozen people saying the same thing. At what point point does someone in law enforcement, someone with the ability to do something, at what point do they take that seriously? Um, these are ser- these are serious allegations. These are serious allegations being made toward law enforcement in Dyer County. And I'm not here to say that they are or they are not true. I believe they are true. Um, but that's really not my job. It's the job of law enforcement. So when is law enforcement going to do their job and investigate this? Um, because until they do, and until these ride-alongs and, and these cocaine parties and all these other things that were mentioned to me, um, not just by the witness that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, but also by other witnesses, people yeah. are claiming that they are doing drugs with law enforcement agents, that they are having sex with law enforcement agents for drugs. People are saying, people are coming to us and telling us this, and then they just expect everyone to just assume that we're crazy or I don't know, have, oh, well, we um, have political agendas or um, are being paid to muddy the waters or whatever. No, no, folks, that's not the case. That's not the case. And, um, you know, this isn't about at this point, it's it's not about anything more than getting the truth out and hopefully getting something done so that people are a little bit more safe in Dyer County. Um it's really frustrating. It's it's really frustrating to uh, you know, I've said it before, but it's like um, I, I actually, in a, in a meeting with the FBI, um, I, I looked at this FBI agent and I said, what is the point in being a whistleblower if nobody's going to do anything when you blow your whistle, if nobody's going to actually come investigate and do something, you know, and that's when I, I made a post, I said, I need to upgrade to a tornado siren, um, because just getting 
someone in some position that can actually investigate it and do something has been um, proven to be really difficult. Uh, but, you know, I mean, all that I feel that at this point, all that we can do, like I've said before, is just make sure that the public is aware. But um, back to the podcast too, um, you know, the, sec the, the one with the uh, interview, he mentioned also, he mentioned kickbacks. Now, I don't think I put that part in there because he, he it was too difficult to um, put it in there and get all the names out. Um, but I will just tell you that this person talked about uh, how law enforcement agents are getting kickbacks uh, to turn a blind eye, that they are picking and choosing who they're going to bust based on that, 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 that the people um, that they're getting kickbacks from uh, can get away with anything, up, you know, up to and including murder. So yeah, anybody, uh, anybody have anything to say? <laughs> I see Jen, Jen said quite a bit. Um, yeah. she says, uh, it's Dyer County. Most lawyers won't even go there because they know Dyer County has their own rules there because you cross them and they will do anything to get you. Bless you. Um, I can attest to that one because yeah, it, when I was being sued, by uh, who was it, Daryl Sells? And there was a group was of them. No, I got not just. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> him with another group of people. What, um, what's his name again? What's that name? No. Gosh, it just slipped my mind. I don't remember, I don't remember what, who the rest of them were, but I know he was one of them. Right. But could not get an attorney to go into Dyer County. They did not want to go. I did find one, but they did not want to go into Dyer County. Well, and that's so that, right on. that's like, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I've I've had this conversation with um, a few different people about how difficult it is to find an attorney that has what it takes, that had that that has the the balls um, to stand up against these people. It's, it's difficult. Um, because, and, and I, I get it, um, it, because it very much is a good old boys club. And unfortunately, you know, attorneys, they've, um, invested all this money and they've invested all this time to get where they're at and to ask them to go up against these powerful and corrupt people. It's like asking them to commit, um, suicide, you know, of their career. Um, anyone that has to, that that's going, that, that knows that they may have to deal with these people again in the future and in a court of law, anybody who practices law regularly around West Tennessee, they don't want, they don't want any part of it. And I can't say that I blame them. And so for that reason, 
and, and I've, I've literally, like I said, I have some attorneys that are friends of mine that have been friends of mine for years and years. Oh, pill popping attorney popping me. Uh, <laughs> they, um, they, I've had conversations with them about this and they agree that, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's a big it's a big thing to ask. It's, it's a lot to ask. And it, it's, it literally is going to take somebody who isn't afraid to piss them off. And, um, in some ways, you know, uh, especially if they're not successful, um, in, you know, what they're trying to do, it could be career suicide. Yeah. Um, we had one of them. Wasn't even an attorney any longer. Look, nice camera one. And he he disassociated from both of us. He was like, "Nope, not going to have anything to do with you." I'm not sure who you're he talking. He was on podcast very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, and okay. So Jen says the court system there don't deal with outsiders. They will not be successful in Dyer County. See, that's the problem because you have somebody who's on the inside. The, it's not going to work out to your benefit, but if you get somebody from the outside, you know, they, uh, they just railroad them and whatever. And, you know, that, and that kind of goes back to, I guess, the, when I went before the grand jury and I got those stalking charges against, uh, certain individuals and, um, <laughs> yeah, Electronic. and, um, right. And, the, the special, you know, the, the DA recused himself and the judge recused himself. And then um, I ended up with a special prosecutor out of uh, Brentwood, which is my neck of the woods. And when he first came onto the case, he was appalled. He was like, you know, they were released without bond conditions. This is unheard of, you know, and they were still messing with me. And he was like, I'm going to file a violation on them. If they don't stop, he witnessed it firsthand in the courtroom. He actually grabbed me by my arm and put me behind him. Well, it was actually in the courthouse, but when we walked out and he stood in front of me and said, wait till they clear out. Cause they were all staring me down. Like they always do. And he was like, if they, if they don't stop, I'm going to file a violation. But Instead of filing a violation three days before trial, he nollied the case. Uh, those of you who aren't familiar with legal terms, nolly means he dismissed the case. And I received this email that says that it's a civil matter and it's better to be heard in a civil courtroom. Um, but a grand jury disapproved, uh, disagreed. A grand jury found that these people committed a crime against me. Um, and this one, this one prosecutor who up until the very end seemed to be very adamant about prosecuting them and even told me that he would not dismiss the case or do anything like that without consulting with me first, which is what they're supposed to do. Um, but instead I just get an email, oh, it's done. It's been nollied. It's over. And, you know, I still, I still wonder, I still wonder like what happened, like who got to him. Um, I know there was a, I know there was a meeting in the judges chambers um, where they discussed all this. I don't know what was said to him. I don't know what happened, but whatever happened, 
his whole demeanor changed. His whole perspective of everything changed. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, my guess is that something was said to him that made his opinion of me change, but I feel like, you know, whatever it was, was said to him was complete bullshit. Probably much like the comment that detective Carson made to the attorney to try to get the attorney to drop me about how I'm attorney popping, whatever, you know, it's like, they, they successfully, um, portray me in a negative light, uh, which makes whatever attorney or prosecutor or whatever, that's trying to help me change their mind about wanting to help me. Um, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Now on that, uh, being harassment or whatever it was, whatever the charge was, um, cyber stalking. Cyber stalking. Now, which is a federal is crime, some, by the way. Yeah, not a not a civil case. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, someone has been saying you have been doing the same thing. Now, I have been accused at all. I would very much I, like to see the proof of that. I would very much like I, to see the proof of, or, or I at least I would like to know what the accusations are, like what what exactly well, I did. If it's anything like what I was accused of, I have them and I would be so happy to put them up on Justice Warrior. I would love to put that very last conversation. Tracy, here's the whole thing. You know, I haven't, I have not been paying attention to them and life is so much better. Um, I know. It's like, it's like, it's like this. It's like, okay, you know, um, when we're walking through the valley and the snakes are biting at our, or, or snapping at our ankles that, you know, God's already said, he's not going to allow the snakes to bite us, but you know, they're snapping at our ankles. They're snakes. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. Why are we going to take time out of trying to, you know, it, it's like when we take time out of trying to fulfill our purpose for God, when we take time out of trying to expose the truth, to stop and ask why the snakes are snapping at our ankles, it's a waste of time. That's they do because that's what they do. Um, it changes. Yeah, you're right. I have it all. <laughs> Who but cares? You're right. Who I have to go knows? search. Everybody has it all. Right. No, to me, in my mind at this point, like they are so insignificant. It's not even funny. Um, They're not going to stand in the way of God's purpose. Even if they took me out somehow, God's going to fulfill his purpose with or without me. If if they took me out, somebody else is going to take my place some other way, some other way it's going to be done. You know, it is not going to, it's not going to go away. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. I believe, I believe that God is angry with them. Not, not them as in, but them as in the corrupt law enforcement agents, the corrupt officials or, or whatever, the, the system of people there that are victimizing victims that are keeping addicts addicted, that are keeping people they're they're it's, it's a stronghold. They've got these people in chains. And I believe that what God is doing right now 
partly through us. It's not just through us. I, I believe there's other, you know, God is moving and I believe there are other people and other things taking place outside of us that maybe we don't even we know about. Yeah, but, we know but it's well, going to happen. We- it is mm-hmm. going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to come crashing down on them. And when it does, that is when we're going to start seeing you know, we're going to see the missing person cases and the unsolved murders being solved, but not until then. And the murder and all these missing people and murder cases, hopefully will not be as many. It will. And that's, and that's the whole point. You know, that's the whole point. At the end of the day, it's about breaking the chains. It's about getting these people, freeing these people because they are being essentially they're being held captive. You know, there are, there are people in that town, in that County. Um, I mean, and it, it spreads beyond that County. It's um, I mean, we're, we're just dealing with West Tennessee, but I mean, I know that that West Tennessee and Dyer County are not the only places that this is a problem, which is probably a good point for me to say that, um, when we're done with what is happening in Dyer County, I do intend to address other places and other issues. Um, I think this is a good, this is a good series, you know, but um, at the end of the day, it's, it, like I keep saying, it's about, it's about more than just getting justice for these, these, um, these victims. It's about exposing the truth, shining the light of truth, breaking the chains and, um, and saving lives at the end of the day, that's what it's about because by, by exposing them, by, um, getting the truth out there, you know, there's no telling how many, how many people that's going to, um, you know, I, you know, whatever, whatever, I, I can't predict the future. I don't know what could possibly happen or who could possibly be murdered or go missing. But I think that when these problems are resolved, that you're going to see the crime rates in Dyer County drop. And I have a, something to say too. It's not a question. Um, I hear many times a lot of people saying, well, don't you have crime in your own backyard? Why do you keep coming to Dyer County? I don't shit in my own like- backyard. I'm not, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to make law enforcement mad in my county. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. My county doesn't have that county as anyway, we do get called. We have, you've had lots of cases in Dyer County. It, it's funny and that people, you say that. Because. Huh? It's funny that you would say that because I recently worked a case that that's pretty close to home and, um, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. You know, I worked alongside of law enforcement and when I was done yeah. at the, you know, when it was finished, I received a text message from the lead detective on that case telling me that, um, that it was a pleasure working with me and thank you for all that I did. And I was very, very thorough. And if there's ever anything that I need, um, not to hesitate to call him. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. And, um, and that's, and, and it's just goes to show, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, 
it makes me feel good because I want people to know that I am not anti-law enforcement. I am not mm-hmm. even anti-government. I, but <laughs> here's the, but I am anti-corrupt. I am, I, I, you know, I work well with law enforcement when they are not corrupt or, you know, when they are not, um, doing unethical things or whatever. I mean, my biggest problem with Dyer County in my investigation was that I would receive these witness statements and then I would, Mm -hmm. I would get calls from these same witnesses telling me that they had told them to change their statements. Nay, nay, right? no, you don't do that. No, that's not okay. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then, and then coming back and saying, oh, well, did Heather, you know, Heather told you to say that, you know, you better disassociate from her. You're going down with her, blah, blah, blah. The threats, the intimidation, the, the tactics. No, that's not okay. If that was there. Even people out of state have, have received people wanting to come or they did show up at their door. I don't remember quite that. Right. And see, I've never, I've never had a problem like that before. You know, it's, um, I've worked in a lot of different jurisdictions and I haven't always seen eye to eye with the lead detectives. Um, I've, I've had, you know, uh, varying, um, opinion or theory on what had happened that's happened before, but I've never in all of my life heard, even heard of law enforcement telling people to change their statements. That's not okay. That's just not okay. And I have no problem saying that publicly. Um, That's not okay. Dyer County, get your shit together. That's not okay. But on that note, um, I also wanted to mention, and I, I have been just in my mind, like toying with this whole thing, like, like trying to, mm. I've never been good. I've, I've really never been good at puzzles. I'm, I'm really good at patterns. You know, when you take like the, um, aptitude tests and stuff, and it says, you know, it shows you a pattern says, okay, what's the next one. And, and that's always been something I was really good at, but jigsaw puzzles, puzzle, I, I, and maybe that's more of a patience thing. Like I don't have the patience for jigsaw puzzles, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I'm one that would be like, ah, <laughs> and just throw it across, but, uh, you'd be boring enough and doing something else. But there is something, there is something that in my mind, um, there's, there's something that I've always felt was a piece of the puzzle. And I've just never been able to figure out like where uh, it goes in the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that I is, have to have my, I'm, I'm going to tell you what that is. So there was a scandal, um, called fast and furious. Y'all should Google it. If you haven't already, if you're not familiar with fast and furious and Google that. Um, the scandal was, the scandal was, um, and, and I'm just going to briefly go over this because I don't, 
I don't, um, I did read up on it on, on, you know, I Googled it and read up on it on the internet, but I, um, I wouldn't say that I've thoroughly investigated the scandal. I but, could, I mean, where the, the hmm? well, I've got yeah. it. so here's the thing. The scandal involved the ATF, the FBI, and an undercover sting um, that involved um, drug trafficking. Uh, okay, sorry, not drug trafficking, but gun trafficking. It, it involved. Wasn't that in Texas? Hmm? That was in Texas. Right, in Texas, right. And mm -hmm. um, certain agents had let. Um, some illegal weapons walk walk is the actual term that's used that they let these illegal weapons walk and that they got into the hands of the cartels and they, they literally sold them undercover, I guess. I don't know, but sold them to the cartels. And one of those guns that they let walk into the hands of the cartels ended up being the weapon that was responsible for, well, the person was responsible, but the weapon that killed a border patrol agent. Um, long story short, there were a lot, I don't know how many exactly, but a lot of agents that um, ended up going um, going down for it. Um, in fact, some went to prison. This is what I want to tell you today. That I know of more than one of those agents that ended up in West Tennessee. I know um, two of them myself. Right. And I feel like there's something about that. There's something. Mm -hmm. Something about that. Yeah. So now here we are. Mm -hmm. and I've been investigating the Karen Swift murder and other cases in Dyer County. And <clears throat> part of my theory is that at the root of all this is gun and drug, gun and drug trafficking in Dyer, mm -hmm. in Dyer County, West Tennessee. Hmm? We, so we've been told that too. We've, we've been mm -hmm. told that that's, that's part of, you know, the information that we've received from some witness statements. Um, well, is it coincidence that the detective that Jeff Box hired and put in charge of Karen Swift's case, Detective Glenn Cook, happened to be one of the agents that was involved in Fast and Furious. Now we don't have positive sure that it's the same. It's a question. Up. It's a question. I'm it's posing. I'm posing a question to you, the public. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, is it a coincidence? Is that coincidental? That he was. Called to investigate, he was actually told 
we were actually told he was brought there to investigate the Swift murder. Yeah. And, and here we go. Right. So the, the lead detective of the case, one of the detectives that I was told over and over again was telling witnesses to change their statement just so happens to be one of the investigators, I'm sorry, one of the agents that was involved in Fast and Furious, which involved the cartels, drug trafficking and gun trafficking, which I believe at this point is at the root of all of the corruption in Dyer County. Now we were sitting together in a vehicle, not just you and I, there were many people in this vehicle. And someone just off the top of their head was talking about a certain, used to be a school or something. Yeah. Do you remember what that school was called? No. Okay. Somebody's got to know it there. I can't remember. There was a school. It was no longer used as a school. It seemed to be octagon shaped or something, I think. Anyway, we drove it. And this person said, they claim oh. that, yeah. They didn't, they, they weren't like acting like they were telling us a secret. They were just going, oh, blah, 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 and talking. And yeah. I went, oh, I see um, the deputies' cars there all the time with 18 they claimed, dealers. Yeah, they claimed that, um, that there were semi-trucks and deputies' patrol cars that were seen going um, to and from this location. And they believed that they felt that that location was being used as um, some sort of a hub. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's else, yeah. Yeah. And it's not the first time that's gone on in that county. There was another place that that happened, too, in some warehouses somewhere. Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't yeah, you're allegedly. Someone has. <laughs> Told us right that I, so I feel like and that's the thing I feel like a lot of people that have you know a lot of people have come to us with information that they um you know that they were scared to say you know to law enforcement around there but you know for obvious reasons um but now here we are with all this information and um you know I've tried to take it to the FBI and whatever and I don't know I don't know what, if anything, is being done, but it's like, you know, okay, well, now we got all this information. What do we do with it other than share it with you, the public? Oh, and then somebody a long time ago said something about um, it was they they didn't allegedly tell us. They did tell us. However, it was alleged that um, they would get stolen merchandise and so that and somebody, right that was it's that was um what you're talking about i believe if if i'm if i'm correct on what you're to, what you're referring to um what you're I'm talking to, about is well, that they it was ins, <laughs> it was insurance fraud it was that the that they were stealing items <laughs> They were stealing items and they were being reported reported as stolen. And then these people were getting insurance money, but then 
and supposedly law enforcement agents were in, involved with it and these stolen items were being shipped out on 18 wheelers and then sold on the black and, then I, and I was yeah in Arkansas across state lines and I was told supposedly did I say that right with uh, D. It doesn't matter. <laughs> supposedly um I um that supposedly supposedly someone someone's family member runs a trucking company right yeah I don't know I don't want to I don't want to get into all the you know we've we've heard a lot the point is is that we have heard a lot um Mm -hmm. the question of what is and isn't factual what is and isn't real um we don't we, we don't, don't know. know, but but I do feel that from corroborated statements and um, that mm-hmm. that I do I do feel confident in saying that um, there is something wrong in Dyer County, and it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it has anything to do with the Karen Swift case. I think it does, but I guess, you know, like, like I said, in the last podcast, that's going to be hashed out in David Swift's trial. Um, I think that they're going to try very hard to, um, do anything and everything they can to discredit me beforehand. And that's why they called you up witness stand so they could discredit you. Well, I don't know why. I don't know why they're calling me. Um, I don't know why. That's my theory. It's likely it's likely that I'll be called by both the defense and and the prosecution. Um I know that. Right. But I just, you know, I've told Danny Goodman um more than once now that there's still part of me that hopes and prays and believes that he'll come out the hero in all this, that, um, he will do the right thing. Um, and that, uh, the information that they've tried so hard to discredit and suppress will come out. It needs to come out. It needs to be a part of the trial. The jury needs to know the public needs to know. Everybody needs to know the truth. Clean slate. Need to start on a clean slate. So, um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Still, I'm reading, reading, uh, reading yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. We knew about all that. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> um, so, I wanted to say something else. Um, and Tracy and I were talking last night about this, and this is just kind of um on a personal note. Um in my introduction to this season, I referenced uh, a sermon by Pastor Madhu, and I felt um that I I could really relate with the story of Paul formerly known as Saul. And I was talking about how, um, you know, in this day and age, 
if Paul was trying to cast out demons and preach the word of God, that, that people probably would have been, you know, on social media and sharing things about his past and trying to discredit him. And, um, and, and I've dealt with that a lot in this, um, in the past four years with, you know, my past and things, um, from my life and, and a lot of things that just weren't even true, um, which is fine, you know, um, because in my heart and in my soul, I know that God's will is going to be done no matter what, um, if they discredit me, if they take me out, whatever, um, you know, there's going to be, there is going to be a reckoning. There is going to be a day when these people, all of these people who um, have done horrible things to, um, to hide their wrongdoings, um, those things are going to come out. And even if it, even if it doesn't come out in this lifetime, they are going to come out and our time here on earth is so short, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things and, you know, in comparison with eternity and, uh, they will face, um, they will face the truth someday. So rest assured of that, but, um, Can I, our, our listeners to say a prayer for the witnesses, oh, say yeah. a prayer for the witnesses that need to come forward, say a prayer for the witnesses that have come forward, yep. just pray for this, all of this, pray for them. I know you pray for us and it's so appreciated. You yeah. can still, you can still keep us in your prayers. However, please add and prayer groups. I mean, just if any, if we can pray for those witnesses. We really, really pray need. for Dyer County, pray for, pray yes. for stronghold to be broken for, for, um, the chains to be broken on the, on the people who are too scared to say anything. Um, you know, the people that have information, the addicts, the female addicts that have been sleeping with law enforcement officers for, for, in exchange for drugs, the girls that the, um, the young girls, the, the addicts who have been sex trafficked, um, all of that, you know, pray that those people will break those strongholds, that they'll get the courage that they need to, um, come forward and to, um, help, help, you know, not, not help us, but help, help yourselves help, right. Help Dyer County. Um, prayer war. uh, just pray against those strongholds and, and the chains will be broken. I know they will. I know they will. Um, yes, Amy, please ask away. Um, here I'll even, do you want to, I'll unmute you or I'll ask you to unmute. <laughs> um, but okay. There she is. Hi, Amy. Hey, sorry. I just now seen you were doing this. I'm super okay. late. I have no idea what is even going on. That's okay. Go ahead. Um, what, what did you want to ask? 
Obviously, the last thing I guess the public has known about with the Swift case is that dad's out on bond. Mm-hmm. Is there another case coming? Is there a date set or? It, there's another hearing in January. <clears throat> and then I believe his trial has been set for September. So I guess my question, obviously just public question, mm -hmm. what happened? <laughs> How did this even unfold to, it's like the tables completely turned. And if and you're just like me, who just randomly wants to trail backwards, I'm very confused. Very confused. Yeah. Well, I can't really answer the question of what happened. Oh, no, I, yeah, no, I well, understand. That. Just because, like, I I've never had access to the police file. I've never, you know, and Danny Goodman doesn't tell me everything. He's very. Um, he he only tells me what he, I guess what he can. Um, yeah, and I understand. I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to jeopardize the case, but at the same time, obviously corruption exists everywhere. And you're yeah. obviously trying to be the voice of corruption because I live in a small town and it's everywhere. And it's unfortunate that a case like the Swift case that was so, I mean, it hit nationwide. It was everywhere. Right. And then cricket. And um, then now we seem to like just be very gentle and quiet about it. And I'm like, how? Well, I have a question. I have a theory, and you don't like my theory about why all of a sudden. And I think it was because there was pressure put on because some civil rights had been violated, and they had to move because if they did not move and arrest David, then those civil rights case would very mm -hmm. well have been um, come to fruition. So well, they had to pretend. Without in my without, opinion, yeah, but all alleged opinion, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, without really making you know any bold statements about yeah, why, um, I, I mean, I can say I can tell you the timeline. Um, that, I look at it like this, Heather. Literally, our opinions are are our opinions. It doesn't mean they're right. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and as a public and as, you know, this is a high profile case, mm -hmm. it's a matter of public concern. And as the public, we have the right to have our opinions and we have the right to share our opinions. Amen. Um, so yeah, we don't live in Russia. So uh, thank God, you know, or, or China or any of those, you know, we have our first amendment, right. Which tells us that we can have this discussion. Absolutely. Um, and the I would love to know your opinion. <laughs> the timeline of the way everything went down, you know, they they raided my house in April. Actually, going backing up just a little bit more than that, just a smidge more than that. Um, I had released a bunch of information on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, and um I had released some audios. And have have you had you had a chance to look at those, Amy? Absolutely. And you did your due diligence. It's, it's on point. Okay. So I released all this stuff on my website. And um, as you can imagine, um, I'm sure they were pissed. 
Oh <laughs> so, yeah, you lit a fire and they, they don't like people don't you can't take it, you gotta get out of the kitchen and honey, they they couldn't run out the kitchen. They they kicked you out. Right. So they raided my house um uh within because, a week within a week or two right. of um uh that, you know, releasing the information and then I had requested some bank records from what I believe was a slush fund. And I still believe uh, that if FBI or anybody were to, you know, get the records from that bank, from that bank, uh, account, I think that there might be some people that were being paid out of that account that would, uh, blow this whole freaking thing out of the water. You're going to say, um, you, may, you may blow other lids off other waters. Right. Yes. <laughs> that was come out. Yeah. yeah I, I believe there's some people being paid out of that account. And, um, so, you know, I released this information to my website. I requested the records and within a week to two weeks, my house is raided. And then after that, let's see, that was in April. And then, uh, and then they were digging and um, actually they were digging in David's backyard, I think in, or in the old house that mm-hmm. was, in, I believe that was in February. So that was actually before they raided my house. But um, it, when you look at the timeline, it just seems like everything was retaliatory or a reaction. You know, it feels like it was a reaction. I I don't, I think that they were, you know, based on the timeline, I think that they were like Tracy said, they were pressured. I think they felt pressure to do something. It was like, okay, if we don't um, arrest David and discredit this investigator, um, we're screwed. It's gonna blow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna blow. We're screwed. Um, because I did I know that I want to I want to go back and see if the public is allowed to know this, and I'll give you that. With the paper that was put on your website, you were told it wasn't allowed to be there. Then another person who is in uh, jur- journalistic investigation told you, mm-hmm. yes, you could have gotten it as long as you got it from the right person, that the person themselves. Right. And, and you I, did get it from that. Person. Yes. And, and that was a lot so there. The, the thing about, and, and we're kind of, I, I feel like we're kind of getting off track a little bit. Um, well, but I just, no, 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 it's, it's, I, I get, you know, it is, it is relevant, but yet it isn't. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure how relevant it is. But, um, but the reason, the, the reason supposedly for them raiding my house was that I had, um, published the fifth page of the affidavit that was already published by another person because it was viewed by the public as well. Well, it was, it was the, it was the affidavit that Terry McCright had obtained, um, to uh, do a search of David Swift's house. It was, you know, from way, way back when they had searched his house right after Karen went missing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and supposedly it was, well, it, it was under seal, but according to David, who is, David is the one that sent it to me via email. And I don't believe I don't believe I ever had every page of that affidavit. I believe that was the only page I even had, but he had taken a picture of it. It wasn't a scanned document. It was a picture of that document. 
And um, when the picture was taken of that document uh, at the bottom where it says that it's under seal, it was partly cut off. And so the, the um, conversation that I had had with General Goodman about that document was that that was the reason for the search warrant and that that, document, that that document had been tampered with. And from what I understand, the whole reason they felt that it was tampered with was because the part where it said under seal at the bottom had been, part, had been partially cut off. Um, so, but it, it's pretty bogus. <laughs> and um, if, that's, if that's what the, the, the alleged tampering um, with evidence charge uh, that they've been holding over my head is really about then, um, man, uh, that's a stretch, but. And back a little bit because we were told that file was opened for like at the courthouse, according to a gentleman at the courthouse and another gentleman that is a, once again. But that document wasn't at the courthouse. It never would have been at the courthouse. Oh. It would have okay. been. Yeah. The only way, the only way, the only way anybody could have gotten that document was if somebody from the sheriff's department had, had provided it. And that's right. exactly, according to David, that's exactly what happened because he claimed that um, when they gave him, when they showed up at his house with the search warrant, that they also handed him that document. So if that's the case, then um, you were glad to have it. Well, but if that, but if that's the case, then I'm paying for their mistake. You know, they accidentally yep. or whatever gave David Swift the exactly. affidavit with the search warrant. And then they came and raided my house because I had it. And that's a civil rights violation, in my opinion. Arguably. I mean, arguably. But anyway, Amy, back to your question. Um, there is, so if, if, if we're going to go on the bond hearing, okay, the bond hearing, you're asking, you know, what led up to, I think your question was what led up to his arrest, right? Just, it went from cricket to, I mean, the tables, literally, it's like a yeah. tornado come through and just. Well, just I think it had, it had, it had a lot to do with um, his, his present circumstances and his relationship in his current relationship. Okay, so nothing backtracking to anything that's already, I guess, marked as rolled out or not from what I could tell at the bond hearing. Um, what they were talking about at the bond hearing was his current relationship with his with his wife now. That um, they were um, Terry McCry had spoken with uh, his his wife's attorney because he's uh, I haven't spoken to him recently so I don't know if he's reconciled with his wife or not but mm -hmm. um last I knew they were separated to be divorced and um there were allegations that he had cloned her phone and that he had been tracking her and so this whole there, the, the states, the prosecution's um, 
argument was that he was portraying um, the same behaviors that he had portrayed with Karen. Um, so they were kind of using uh, his current circumstances to try to, I guess, prove that um, he had he had this tendency to be controlling or to be stalkerish. And um, I mean, it's a narrative. It, I mean, it could work. Um, well, I'm just going to speak of like an outsider for someone that is not involved as heavily as you or Tracy sure. or, you know, anyone that's communicated with the Swift or anyone. Yeah. As is, I guess I want to say as the media, per, you know, goes on and if you do your own little dig like some people do our own little deep dive I know I'm guilty I get my own perception and I and like like you said public is allowed to their perception of a narrative that you are portraying as to what's going on because we right. don't know what's going on right um, you know, well, my argument spilled all over it as a public just outsider and it was way before anything was really brought into specific people or connections to you know when name drops happen yeah it just as an outsider as a resident of Tennessee um the crimes the things that go on it we all know small towns corruption exists and it is there some high profile ring absolutely I think it's everywhere um that's where it begins is usually a ring a click of something and they go into each other's pockets and going back to the whole beginning unfortunately children lost a mother and it was tragic and mm -hmm. if you like me are in the public just looking at we're given it what you know we see what only what we're provided right it immediately set red flags I mean it's an immediate red flag zone because you don't just vanish in thin air. We know that. And immediately action was taken. You know, things are, people are looking for a woman. You know, people are afraid to walk out. They're thinking, oh my God, someone's kidnapping women. You mm -hmm. know, they're mm -hmm. in a small town. That's, you know, that's a scary. So all eyes on go, what's happening? And I remember everything that happened at that time. I mean, I have family that live in Dyersburg. So, Unfortunately, I'm very aware and I remember a lot of that time and how the air was, the tension, and mm -hmm. it was nationwide on top of it. So that made a huge deal. And because Holly Bobo had just worked. Yeah, in my opinion, it immediately was red flags from the beginning. I never, I don't know them. I never suspected a foul play husband. Not saying that's not the case. I'm not, I wasn't there. I have no yeah. idea. I'm not a detective. I'm not a judge. I don't mm -hmm. want to condemn or say someone did something they didn't do. Um, right. Right. But if that is the case, then man, I mean, how many people missed that signal? Because it just it doesn't add up. But what does well, add up is a history and a track record of what's been provided to the public, like cell phone records and communication, mm -hmm. friendships, parties. Um, you know, those kind of they're easy to put together I mean it's in your face kind of moment it's kind of one of those with me it's a case that it's in your face yeah and yeah. It, it just it seems simple yeah um going you know going back to the whole you know idea of him potentially tracking or cloning his current wife's phone and all that um my first issue 
with that is that I feel that, you know, their whole argument was based on an allegation was based on something that was said by her divorce attorney. Um, but I think it was premature because I think that, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know if he was, you know, maybe he was, um, which would, which would bring me to my next argument, but we'll get to that in a second. You know, I'm just, I'm just thinking from, you know, an attorney or a defense point of view, mm-hmm. um, you know, basing their whole argument on this allegation, you know, something that the attorney said, and in Terry McCright's testimony, he said that she had taken her phone to Verizon and Verizon had, um, I guess, confirmed that it had been, um, it had been hacked or whatever. I've done that too. I've taken my phone to Verizon and they, or well, actually to the Apple store and they've said, oh yeah, you've been hacked. Um, But as, I mean, to, to prove that and to actually figure out who has hacked you, um, (laughs) it takes, it takes a little more than, so I feel like it was premature for them to, um, to, to throw that allegation out there as some sort of evidence that would, um, that would implicate him in Karen Swift's murder, because I don't, I don't believe that was proven. And, um, and I think that before they could ever use that as any sort of evidence, they would need to have, you know, her, her divorce attorney would have had to have gone through the steps to actually, you know, prove it in a way that could be used in a court of law. And I don't feel that it was, and I don't believe I, I, I don't know if I even believe that it's true. Um, it could be, but I, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I think that they should have done their due diligence to um, at least prove that part before they were going to use it somehow to implicate him in a murder that happened 11 years ago. But then my second argument to that would be, um, you know, I'm a private investigator and I have um I couldn't even tell you how many clients over the past six years that I've had who have hired me to um, follow their significant other uh, or even somebody that they're estranged from to collect evidence um, that they're, you know, cheating or, or, you know, whatever. And I just, I'm not sure that even if he was, um, doing something which would have been, you know, at worst, I mean, it's like, okay, is he on trial for invasion of privacy or for stalking? Um, or is he on trial for murder? Because those are two very, very different things. And right. And, and I feel like, um, you know, as a private investigator, I understand, um, people's need to know what the hell their spouse is up to. Does that make them a murderer? God, I hope not. Cause if so, then I have a lot of clients that were murderers, <laughs> but. I um, mean, if that's the case, everybody with any sort of like, you know, iPhone, where's can find my phones. I mean, you can track anyone today at any point. 
it's it's insane. Yep. It's been literally the insanity going down a rabbit hole of how when I guess it begs to differ the question when's it okay to track someone and when is it not because yeah well it's never okay I mean well actually okay from a legal standpoint um (laughs) I I have never tracked anybody um the closest to tracking or whatever um when somebody comes to me and says they want to track their significant other um and now I'm not an attorney, so I'm not, this isn't legal advice. I'm, don't take it as legal. I have to say that <laughs> I'm not an attorney. Um, but I've, I've, one of the first questions I ask them is, um, you know, say they want to track their husband or wife or whatever. They want to put a tracker on their vehicle. Um, the question would be, is your name on the registration of that vehicle? Um, because if it's not, even if you are married to them, that's, you know, and, and arguably, even if it is, they could still probably even try to come back and, and claim invasion of privacy. Um, but I think, you know, in order to even consider it, the first question would be, and, you know, um, if you're wanting to track somebody's phone, um, is, is that phone on your account or is your name on that account? Um, those sort of, I was meaning more in like a childlike type form. (laughs) Your kid's like 16 and you're tracking. Right. So, I mean, in order, I mean, still, even then, you know, there could still be, I, I think it's a very fine line legally as to what is and isn't legal and what is and isn't considered invasion of privacy. But no, totally agree. But I just I'm aware of a lot. I have lots of friends. Their kids drive. They have Y three sixties. They have, you know, the tracker phones because right. they're keeping their teenage. I see it. It is a very common thing. I guess I see it as not abused. It's used for safety right. measures and precautions. But exactly, I exactly. more of a like a heavy situ- you know situation. That's I understand what you're meaning. Right. But, but in those cases, um, there's been two, I I can, I can say, looking back in my memory banks, there's been two cases where, um, my client's name was on. And then I'm just kind of like, okay, well, you know, not legal advice. It's up to you, you know, what you want to do if you want to do that. Um, but being, you know, if their name is on the car or their name is on the account, then, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily tell them, you know, that's a hard no, (laughs) but if, but if it it isn't, but if it isn't, then I'm like, okay, you don't want to do that. Like, that's not a good idea. Um, it could really get you in trouble. So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but well, I think you've done a fabulous job, you and Tracy both, covering several cases, not just the Swift over the last many, many years that I know I've been following. Thank and you. You called me to go into deep dives that get me in trouble because I'm, I'm literally like wanting to talk about all this stuff. And I'm asking, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody talking about this? I end up yeah. in deep dives of just like, yeah. how is this happening and nobody's talking about it. So I feel that I've felt that way with the Swiss case since day one, because again, it's a small town. I say that over and over because I live in a small town and 
man, it's, it's scary to know something like that, that happens. I mean, like you said, 11, 12 years mm-hmm. and now the tables have turned and I go back and look at Holly Bobo, man, those tables, I don't think ever turned. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone pretty much had a good idea as to what in public wise, you know, mm-hmm. the way that case was handled, everything I believe was handled at the best of that ability. And it was right. resolved. It there was done. Was, yeah. They did have another suspect that one guy kept going after and that wasn't, he wasn't involved. But, but the funny but, thing was, right. that I think the public, um, I think the public was pretty much always on the right track, at least the majority. Um, and I it mean, was, aren't they usually, <laughs> in my opinion, because they, yeah. they, have, yeah. they have a big, broader perspective and they can keep it simple. Yeah. I mean, right. I think mm-hmm. keeping it simple and having a, an understanding every narrative that comes out that way, but trying to make sure, is it logical? Is it right. even possible? Right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, evil exists, but I think a lot of times it's just, it's a lot more simple. I do yeah. have a question though of something I don't think I've ever seen you cover. I don't know if you've ever mentioned it. Um, if you have, I apologize. I must have missed you mis- mentioning it. The um, baby Evelyn case. Are you familiar or did you ever see with, was it baby Evelyn or was the mother Evelyn? You, the little girl. The baby. The baby. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we did a little bit, didn't we, Tracy? I thought y'all did. I just know a lot of it just kind of dropped every, I mean, everywhere. Not, I mean, yeah, literally think it's just pending court. The mom's in jail. Yeah. The mom's in jail and, um, the baby they found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're waiting for, I think she went to court. Didn't she go? I think she she was right at COVID time. Everything just kind of went up. Like even the, um, you know, was it during COVID summer wells? Like, Mm-hmm. you know and the lady that went missing recently yeah. that you went and helped and supported mm-hmm. um thank god she was found or you know safe mark safe um yeah. right the baby wells case like that is i literally drive myself crazy i still to jump down that dive and it's wild it's wild i know and i'm going why are we not talking about this <laughs> like yeah they don't want to simple. yeah you know, yeah. for me, it's, um, it's really just that I, I become so consumed by the cases that I am involved in that sometimes I become really out of touch with some of the other high profile cases. Um, so that's, that's, you that's my, you were wanting to go down to Summerwell. So mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, they're not those, those, uh, well, I'm on this one. I think we stay away kind of moment. Yeah, right. Because of the law. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, yeah. they ended up on Dr. Phil. That, that was a big, mm-hmm. <laughs> big mess. And unfortunately, I still question where is that child and who is the I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just going to hop on. I really appreciate you taking my. I guess chat question. I didn't know I was going to be on on. I'm just listening, but I'll um, free it up. I was just jumping on. Like I said, I think you're alive. I had no clue of what was even going on. So, thank all right, you. well, yeah. Amy, thank you for participating, and I think that's pretty much going to conclude our our uh, um, replay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just, but in closing, um, cause I started to mention this and then, and then I, I, I didn't, that happens a lot, <laughs> but I, but I did want to say, um, that when I was talking about like, you know, Paul and how I, how I, uh, relate with him so much that, um, it's, there's just such a strong, um, level of empathy. Um, I think, you know, in this case and, and, and specifically in, uh, the case of Karen Swift and in, in the case just involving all of Dyer County, um, it's ironic to me that, that God has put this on my plate because, you know, part of my past, part of where I come from, um, my background was, you know, I, I think I was, I was always just one bad decision away from being in the same, in the same boat as some of these people that I'm now trying to help. Um, you know, I, experienced a lot of, a lot of things, you know, or, or witnessed or was exposed to a lot of things firsthand. Um, and for that reason, you know, it just makes me even more passionate about like helping these people break these chains and, and, um, and, and just, you know, getting them, getting them on the right path, I guess, so to speak. I have a lot of friends, a lot of people that I knew, that weren't as lucky as, as I was to, um, walk away to, to, um, to, to get on a better path. And so that is my conviction. And I feel like, you know, my experiences are ultimately, um, God training and are what have, um, compelled me to do a lot of things that, that I'm now doing to help people and to try to make Dyer County a safer place and expose the truth. So on that note, we love you guys and we are going to say farewell for now. Bye.